who needs Drew anyway? Let me say that. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. We do. Come back, Drew. No, we don't even have a whole show without him. <laughs> Welcome, Castleberry. It is now time to have a casual conversation for the beneficial good of our community. The show you are about to listen to is called What's Up, Castleberry? And now it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you your hosts, Andy and Drew, along with producer Robin. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the What's Up Castleberry podcast. Robin, how was that as my Drew voice? The hello, listeners. He kind of rolls his hello, huh? Yeah, you you were almost there. Your British accent's still peeking through, but we'll give you well, if you, a forever. Well, that's right. I can't help it peek through, and that's a good thing. So, listeners, you will gather that from my impression of Drew, we are missing Drew on the intro and the outro to the podcast today. He will be here for the interview, though, because Drew has been skiing, Robin, in the Northeast. Living the life. I know. It's not too bad. I mean, I, I don't know how much skiing he did, but I did see that... Uh, he was making some snow angels. It just amazes me when native Floridians can like <laughs> learn northern things like skiing. Because how often do you really go skiing if you live in Florida? Well, that's very true. And I understand there's a high proportion of Floridians who have never seen snow. Have you, have you kind of seen this mystical, wonderful thing? I did, but I was 26 years old and I had to go all the way to Japan to see it. Ah, well, that's uh, quite extreme. <laughs> we have had some I frost and cold weather, though, recently. How have you been surviving that? I'm convinced that I am indeed part reptilian and I can't make my own body heat, so I don't like it. I like it. That is not hot, but I don't like that it's this cold. Mm. Well, I want you to know, do you know what de-ISA is? Have you heard of that as a native Floridian? No. Is it a drug? <laughs> no. Well, it's, a, it's like a drug for your car that you spray on your windshield to melt the ice. And so after we had some like a week or so on Monday, I thought, man, I need some of this. And apparently you can't buy it anywhere in Florida. <laughs> I remember when I first that. arrived, I went to the gas station and said to the lady, hey, do you have some de-ISA? She's like, what? And I look crazy. So I went on Amazon and for three bucks. I bought some de-ISA and it has come in very useful the last two mornings. So listeners, if you want me to come and spray your car for a small charge of just $10 a window, I will de-ice and defrost your car. What a service for the two days a year you need it. I know. I mean, we're totally committed to our community. So mm. we're a little bit out of sync because Drew's not here. Did we do the intro? We did. We're okay. doing it right now. Next section, and perhaps this is good news for our listeners, because Drew isn't here, we won't have any dad jokes. Are you pleased about that? No, I like the dad jokes. Mm. Well, the dad jokes hit and miss, but where the action really is, is on the Doug jokes. <laughs> and Robin, great news. I have some Doug jokes for you. I was talking to Doug about this the other day. I was telling him about the new section on the show, the Doug jokes following the dad jokes. And he said that if anyone wants to sponsor the Doug jokes, he will happily take some commission. And I thought, <laughs> Doug, we got to get people to like your jokes before we even think about sponsorship. <laughs> All right. So you're ready. Mm -hmm. You're ready. Impress me. Okay. Okay. Ooh, that's a <laughs> that's a high bar because I know you're hard to please sometimes, Robin. Mm -hmm. All right. I tried to get some storm insurance for my campsite, <laughs> but I was denied. Why? Because they said that if my tents got blown away, I wouldn't be covered. <laughs> That's really fun. Right? That's good. Thank you, Doug, for that. Next one. This is a Christmas joke. A little bit late, but it still works. I took my car to the mechanic because it was making a terrible noise. 
And it sat in the driver's seat, took out the Mariah Carey Christmas CD, and now it's fine. Oh, that's funny, but also uh, that's wrong. <laughs> okay. Church joke? You want a church joke? Always. I took my car in for a service the other day. <laughs> it's still stuck inside the church doors. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Okay, one more. One more, you more? Want one more? Oh, I, I got plenty. Doug's a genius. All right. I took my eight-year-old girl to the office with me on take your kid to work day. As we walked around the office, she started crying. So I asked her what was wrong. As my colleagues gathered around, she sobbed, but daddy, where are all the clowns that you said you worked with? <laughs> Let's just cancel the rest of the show and just get Doug to, or you tell more jokes. I know. Okay. One more, one okay. more. Cause we do have a fantastic interview coming up. This one says I used to be against organ donation. Did you know that Robin? I used to be against organ I didn't donation. I know that. Yeah. But recently I had a change of heart. <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Doug, for those jokes. Uh, if anyone wants to sponsor that section, 10% will go towards Doug so he can get some rehabilitation <laughs> for what is obviously a problem that Where he has. Where does the other 90% go? Oh, that goes to um, our annual What's Up Castleberry staff holiday party. Oh, we didn't have one this year. We didn't. We should fix that. Yeah, there's like lots of holidays coming up. There's... um. Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Lent, Easter. I don't know if Lent itself is a holiday, but you know. I would be in favor of going to an Irish pub on St. Patrick's Day. Let's go. All right. Okay, listeners, we will take your suggestions. And if you want to join us, a little What's Up Castleberry Meetup Castleberry. Meetup Castleberry. There you go. Copyright. There you go. <laughs> Copyright. Trademark. Don't steal it. <laughs> As if anybody ever would. Then uh, we'll, we'll let you know. All right. Uh, because we're without Drew, we have lost our wisdom. So we're going to go straight to some other imparted wisdom on our spot. From Dr. Chloe Carmichael. What's up, Castleberry? It's Dr. Chloe Carmichael with your mental health moment. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about gratitude. I know many of us have certainly heard of a gratitude journal and the importance of being grateful. As a clinical psychologist, I can absolutely tell you that keeping our cognitive focus on the things that make us happy, of course, naturally tends to make us happier. Or if you're not feeling so happy, sometimes we can have tunnel vision and actually forget about the plethora of great things that are actually available to us and we can spiral downward. So to jumpstart your gratitude practice for today, let me challenge you to think of three things in three different categories for which you're grateful. The first category is something in the basics like food, clothing, and shelter. What in that category are you grateful for today? The second category is people in your life. It could be a spouse, a parent, a child, a friendly checkout person at the grocery store. What person in your life are you grateful today? And the third category is a little bit of a wild card. So I'll leave it to you to challenge yourself. What's something in that category that you're grateful for today? And if you think about these three categories every day, the basics, the person, and something extra, the good news is, is it will actually start training your brain to be scanning for these things because you know you have this little assignment for yourself. Thanks for spending this mental health moment with me, Dr. Chloe Carmichael. If you like what you heard and are curious for more, 
more, you can check out my website for my book, which is nervousenergybook.com. That's nervousenergybook.com. Have a great day, Castleberry. podcast partner is Kelly Financial Solutions. If you're looking for a mortgage solution that will truly work for you, then look no further than Kelly Financial Solutions. They offer home loan options that you won't find anywhere else, not even at the big bank down the street. A mortgage is a huge decision. It's critical that you get the right terms that truly work for you. Kelly Financial Solutions team has more than a decade of mortgage experience, and we combine this knowledge with national partnerships, amazing service to deliver one-of-a-kind mortgage options with the lowest rates possible. Travis Kelly has been a, a supporter of this podcast and is the Chamber of Commerce president in Castleberry. Travis Kelly is a supporter of this podcast and has become a dear friend of Andy and I. I'd love it if you gave Travis a call. You can connect with him and the Kelly Financial Solutions team at 407-618-1176. That's 407-618-1176. Thank you, Kelly Financial Solutions. We are excited to have a conversation about all things Castleberry art with Ken Harris and Sharon Hunt in just a moment, but we wanted to give them the opportunity to plug some of the local opportunities, see some exhibits for local artists here in Castleberry. So here's Ken Harris. I'm Kenneth Harris. I'm the founder of the local group, the Power Artists, um, and also the owner of Jamart Art and Framing here in Castleberry. And um, over the years, we've been doing quite a few events in the area, both in um, our gallery and the Castleberry Art House, among other locations. Exhibits to be held here at Jamart in February, Sharon's exhibition. In March, the Power Artists and Friends, our Spring Beauty. April, I will partner with another local artist, Kurt Harris, to do our Harris Brothers exhibit here at Jamart. Um, in November, the Power Artists and Friends, Wonders of Color here at Jamarat again. And there were three other Power Artist members, Carissa Emel, Michelle Naomi, and Deborah Morris, will be hosting individual shows here. August, I will be exhibiting along with other Jamaican artists in celebrating Jamaica's independence from England. Our eighth annual Journey to Recovery Artist Exhibition will be held at the Casper Art House in July. Um, Power artists will be exhibiting at Penguin Point Gallery at the Obido Mall in the month of April. And in March, the artists will be part of Gulf States um, Credit Union and McCoy Credit Union Business After Hours. Our arts will be on display inside the Credit Union. So visit our information um, on the website and you will see the further details on these upcoming event. Thank you. you can listeners. We hope you make a point to check out some of those local exhibits. You can find all the dates and information on the website, www.jamartframing.com. That's jamartframing.com.
All right. Welcome back, listener. We are excited beyond measure to have not just one guest on today's podcast episode, but two. Uh, We're thrilled to have Ken Harris and Sharon Hunt on the podcast today to talk about all things art in Castleberry. Welcome, Ken and Sharon. How are you? Yeah, doing pretty good. Thanks for having us. We are so excited to be a part of this. Well, we love that. And we are so excited to have you. I know Andy and I enjoyed getting to talk to you a little bit off the air and looking forward for our listeners and community of Castleberry to hear about all the things that you two, as well as other artists are involved in. So just as a way to kind of get our conversation started and break the ice, we're going to ask a couple just rapid fire questions. We'll give you both the chance to, to give us an answer here. Are you ready? We are. Ready. All right, here we go. Let's start with uh, Sharon. We'll start with you, ladies first. Um, I was thinking about my childhood. I am not an artist. In fact, uh, my my <laughs> wife jokes that I still draw like I'm about a five year old level. <laughs> but uh, but I was a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, and uh, of course those. Turtles are named after famous artists, Leonardo, Da Vinci, you've got Michelangelo, Raphael. I did not know Donatello was a, an artist until a little bit later in life. But of those four, if you were to pick your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle artist, painter, Sharon, which, which one do you cling to? I don't think I really have a favorite. I've been to enough exhibits. I've seen a lot of the old masters and I'm always just awed and amazed at what they did and how even now, you know, hundreds of years later, we can still learn from them. Mm, that's a great, thoughtful answer. I, I like it. It Ken, do you have a particular favorite? You know, and it could. I'll even open it up, Ken. It could go outside of these four individuals. If you, if there's another <laughs> artist that you just love from from the past. Okay, I'm gonna go outside of the four because um, none of those are really my favorite. I I admire their work. Um, Michelangelo kind of stand out more for me than the others because of the multi-talent, culture included. I used to do sculpture back in Jamaica, ceramics as well. But my main idol is um, Rai Nigerian Harris. He passed on a few years ago, and we related. When I was growing up, he was the one that was inspiring me along the way. I used to paint with him, um, do mural with him, and just enjoy the moment that we spent together. So some of my paintings that I do, I do in in memory of him. Mm. It sounds like he was a, a, a real mentor in, in your life and in this uh, artistic journey that you've you've taken. Now, Drew said that he's not much of an artist, but uh, Drew's artistic expression is actually sacred dancing. I, I don't know if you knew that or you've seen that, but I mean, it's very, 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 very beautiful. I'm just I'm just 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 kidding. You know, we, we all have challenges when it comes to different forms of artistic expression. And we're going to talk about some of your strengths soon but what are some of the uh, artistic forms that are challenging to you both okay for me i started with watercolor base Mm -hmm. and it was absolutely challenging Mm -hmm. Um, i still continued with it over the years but when i started to slow down in my technique it was not working for me because it dries so fast and i tried to do detailed fine art Mm -hmm. so i switched to oil for that reason and I'm having smoother flow in my techniques now. So watercolor definitely was my challenge. What about you, Sharon? I don't draw at all. So I do everything working from photos. So I've got proper perspective when I'm starting a painting. I paint because I love the color. 
I love the vivid colors. I love the shading and the shadows. And I love the intricate detail. So most people look at my paintings and are rather surprised when they tell them that it's watercolor because it doesn't look like a typical watercolor. Beautiful. We'll have to dig more into the watercolor conversation here in a minute. Andy, you made a joke at my expense, but I, I got to tell you, I do have an expertise in a certain type of art. Did you know that? I didn't. I'm, I'm a color by numbers guy, a big <laughs> color by numbers person. <laughs> it's a good place to start. Right? And then there's no place to go, but better. <laughs> All right, you two, let's finish our rapid fire section with just thinking about your own home or your own property. I know artists can be very particular about pieces of art and and wanting to, I know many friends of mine that are, that are collectors or just enjoy nice pieces of art that they display in their home. What is your favorite piece of art that you personally own? My favorite piece is called um, Coming Home From Service, the most popular piece on my website. I've sold more prints of that and note cards than any other pieces. The reason it's my favorite piece is that um, the scenes remind me of my background, that religious status when I was growing up. And the, the scene in rural parents going to church service, walking with the kids. And I used to be among those walking to and from service. So when I painted that scene, it just reminds me of myself, you know, back in the days. Mm. And I hold on to the piece for their life. I, I don't see my a price on it. So it's hanging in the family room at home. Its value is sentimental. So, so Ken, tell us a little bit more about your, your journey from Jamaica. You and I were, were joking offline that we share a similar heritage with the overlap between England and Jamaica. And I, I think, did you grow up every morning singing God Save the Queen? Was that part of your school routine as well? No, I refuse from doing that, to be honest with you, no. Oh, okay. Well, we can't be friends then. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But tell us a little bit about your journey over from Jamaica. Tell us a little bit about your business and jam art and what that's all about. First up, my passion for art encompasses my ability to create so many different types of sceneries, landscape, portrait, still life abstract just about anything in the art world and I have never studied art and that is why I'm able to create so much from my mind mm. and if I'm mm. gonna um, duplicate something I have the ability to duplicate it quite well mm. because it, art was a gift that I actually received and that helps me to um, enhance more without any limitation what I can do and how I can do it. Now jam art was born from my garage because I enjoy framing my own pieces of art because I love the artistic touch that I put into it. Over the years, I, I just continue framing and decided that I want to venture out there in the unknown, test the waters. <laughs> um, and it works very well because I, I have the technique, the artistic technique. I have worked in a few frame shops and which enhanced my technique as well. And so I created my own business to follow through with my passion. Jam art was named after Jamaican art. And one of the things that I enjoy with the business, the framing business, is that I'm able to help local artists to really improve on their presentation. Um, mm -hmm. If a piece is not properly framed, the value is not there. Mm -hmm. The professional look is not there. So I feel compelled 
to really keep the framing business going so that artists can actually be mm. be helped, be motivated. I also use the, the framing to help connect the communities together by, well, not only the framing, but the gallery itself, by hosting exhibitions, you know, so that when artists come in, look at pieces that are hanging in, they can be amazed, well as get ideas on how their pieces would look if they are framed. We use both gallery and frame together to build our community, our artistic community. And it's always a, an amazing thing and reality when you're able to join your passion and your purpose to bring about a blessing to the community around you and to, to pay your bills. So to really jam art, <laughs> in case, jam art in case you're unaware, listener is located on 1792, kind of in between 1792 and Oxford Road uh, near the Castleberry Post Office there in that in that plaza. And you have connected with with Sharon here in regards to creating kind of a local art scene. Uh, and multiple artists here in an, in and around Castleberry come together and are known as the POW artists. Sharon, would you share a, a bit about uh, how the POW artists group was created and kind of what's your purpose there? Well, it all happened back in the fall of 2012. I was going to a weekly art class with several friends, and one of them mentioned that she had been asked if she wanted to participate in an exhibit at the Castleberry Art House. And I said, oh, do you need a sponsor? Uh, with my business, I figured I could do it as advertising. And so I went that night for the reception and I walked in and there was Ken. I had years before that, I had known him when he worked at Pearl Art Supply. Pearl Art Supply closed. I had no idea where he went. I didn't even know his name at that point. But there he was. He was the one that pulled together that exhibit at the Castleberry Art House. And I was only half joking at the end of the evening when I said, next time you do an exhibit, you need to have all of Sandy's friends involved. And that's how he put the Powell artists together. What a great group. And I love how it's coming together organically. And it's just, just beautiful. And you mentioned the art house. That's a great gift that our city has. And it seems to be kind of like a hub for local artists. Is that an accurate perception? Is, is it through the art house that a lot of the artistic community gets to know each other and gets connected? I would think so, because I went there prior to the power artist formation. I went there because I've done some research and saw that they did a lot for the art community. So I wanted to do a one-man show there. They didn't do one-man show. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, but I was adamant that I needed to have a show there. So they gave me some information about how I can go about doing it by um, inviting other people I know, artists that I know. And so there were two other artists. Unfortunately, Sharon, I didn't have her contact or anything, so she was out of it then. But there were two others that I contacted and asked them if they would like to partner with me mm -hmm. to show at the Casper Art House, and they agreed. And so we were required to have a name and a title for the show. We didn't have any name. So we just decided that, okay, what we're going to do is use our medium, respective medium, to name ourselves. And one of us was specialized in pastel, the other was oil, which is me, and the third one was watercolor. And so we decided, okay, we're going to put those together and call ourselves the POW artists. <laughs> so, so we did that. We exhibited that year. And that's when I met Sharon, rekindled with Sharon. And it was just for that time until they told us that they would let us to come back the following year. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, there, there might have been some good reason why they asked us to come back. 
we reformed our group, put our, everything together, and went back there. And it's been over, I would say, nine years, nine, ten years since we've been showing at the art house as the power artists. And there are so many other artists that are there in different aspects, different groups. So it's a great little gem for the community, and it really brings artists together. I agree. And it depends on the season, of course, but there's lots of rotating exhibits there. Uh, one, I think the last time I was in the art house, there was uh, an exhibit, and an exhibition rather, and it was it was a bunch of, of children from, from Castleberry who had obviously been taking an art class. Ken, you mentioned earlier that, that you teach some classes and you have a, a desire to see people, up and coming artists kind of craft and improve their skill. Would you speak to those that maybe have children or grandchildren in, in the community? What, what opportunities are available for younger people to kind of learn and develop their skills? as up-and-coming artists? We do art classes here at Jamar for kids and for adults. And kids in particular, we try to encourage them to use art as a part of their life in growing up because art is a healing subject. It helps us mentally, emotionally, physically. And so I'm intending to start working with local schools to do field trips here when we have exhibitions so that the students can come around, meet our artists, interact with them, um, get inspiration from them, which I think would be of great benefit to the students. Also, I have had opportunity to go into schools to do teaching for a few hours voluntarily. The experience have gone on very well. In the aspect, I feel that we as artists, if we get a chance to encourage the kids to come to our shows and, you know, with their parents to come to the shows, interact with us as artists. I think that would really encourage them to see how important this subject matter is. And that will give them the drive to wanting to paint or to do any kind of art. That's so important. There's so much studies now that are revealing how important it is for the children to be involved in the arts as their brains develop. And often in school, it doesn't give uh, the, the ideal opportunity for that. So I love that you're creating that. Just a great thing to do in the present, but that bodes well to build and shape future artists for the future as well. Uh, Sharon, uh, we're kind of wrapping up. Just a couple of questions left. One of the highlights of my year is when I get my calendar. I normally get mine through the Chamber of Commerce, but every year there's a calendar that you all put together highlighting local artists and the work of the art house and things like that. Could you tell us why that's such an important part of what you do? Maybe there's some folks who'd like to know more about that, and I'm sure there were some folks who would like to get hold of a copy of that calendar. Could you, uh, you, you share with us about that calendar? Well, for probably six, eight years anyway, all of the POW artists would contribute on every year to the uh, Castleberry uh, Rotary Club's calendar. And I think they did that for about 15 years. You know, that's right. I'm getting confused between the two calendars. You're right. I'm sorry yeah. about that. But that was how the original idea that we had participated for several years. Last year, Ken and I both realized that neither one of us were in the Rotary calendar. So Ken said, maybe we should do one of our own. We've got enough friends of the Powell Waters. We can come up with enough art for a calendar. And that's how we put together the 2021 calendar. And it got such rave reviews that there was no stopping us when we started working on the 2022 calendar. And we've already got sponsors lined up for 
23. Wow. Instead of saying the, if you can't beat them, join them, you guys really did beat them. You said, <laughs> we're, we're doing our own thing. Here we go. <laughs> That's fantastic. Are, are those calendars for 2022 uh, available or uh, did you tell me they sold out? Oh, we didn't sell them. We raised enough money through sponsors that saw our calendar last year that we were able to pay for the calendars and we just gave them all out. We gave them all out within about four to six weeks. We couldn't hand them out fast enough because everybody would flip one open and everybody knew one of the local artists. And that's part of the draw is opening a calendar and seeing a friend or a neighbor or a family member uh, with one of their paintings and a calendar. It's so exciting. It truly is a work of art. I love that, a work of art. Yeah. yeah. One unique thing about the calendar, too, is that it's not a typical calendar. It's art healing calendar. Each page has inspiration, healing inspiration, an expression from the respective artists for the uh, guests to actually see and enjoy. You know, so uh, just a quick example. I gave one 2021 calendar to a rep for the business here. And she sent a message to let me know that every morning she has it in her bathroom and every morning she looks at the page and she reads the information and it helps her so well to go through the day. So wow. this is what we put out. Everything we do has some kind of a passion and healing for our community. That's fantastic. And that's how art should be. Next year, please, please, please reach out to Drew and I. The podcast would love to help sponsor the calendar. That would, uh, if that's what it takes for us to get a copy of the calendar next year, we, we're in. <laughs> we're hoping that for 23, we'll be able to do at least twice as many as we did this year. If there's a waiting list, we, we want to be at the top of it. So we'll, we'll we do that. Do that. I know lots of others will as well. Well, our, our time is coming to an end. It is just amazing when we have great conversations, how quickly time flies. And so thank you both very much for being with us today. In closing, though, I am sure there's some folks who've heard about what you do, who maybe didn't know we had this artist community within our community and would love to connect with uh, either Jam Art or the POW artists or, or you both individually. What's a good way for for people to connect with you? They can visit jamart at www.jamartframing.com. The poor artists at the www.poorartists.com. And we're also on Facebook and on Instagram. And um, locally, when the Castleberry um, Food and Wine event is happening, we set up our booth there and we have our information, including a barcode that they can scan and uh, so that they can have on their device, whatever we do. So those are the ways that they, we can be reached. I, I love it. So uh, listeners, please uh, do a little search on Instagram and find these guys and follow them and you can have access to their art. If you're looking for some framing, then Ken is your man. But if you want to get more involved in this community, whether you're a beginner or a, 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 an expert, I know that these guys would love to connect with you. Ken, Sharon, thank you so much for your time today. But beyond that, thank you so much for the difference that you make in our Castleberry community. 
Once again, thank you, Sharon and Ken, for this conversation. But thank you for all that you do to help us remain creatively alive. We all have gifts and talents, and you are finding a way to express and showcase yours. And I hope that our conversation will encourage others to do so as well. As we prepare to close this podcast, I would like to share some words of wisdom. Today, these words come from Eleanor Roosevelt, who said this, if life were predictable, it would cease to be life. Because if life was predictable, it would be without flavor. You know, it's so funny, Robin, some of us crave the predictable life. We want to know where we are, when we are, what we're doing, where we need to be, all that kind of stuff. And while that's important, sometimes a little bit of surprise and unpredictability is a real blessing to us. Now, most of the time, that surprise is hard or difficult or challenging. But Eleanor Roosevelt reminds us that even the difficult times, even when we experience something we don't want to, they are part of the rich flavor flavor of what it means to live. Eleanor Roosevelt said, if life were predictable, it would cease to be life. It would cease to be without flavor. Listeners, today, we encourage you to live your life fully. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for listening to the What's Up Castleberry podcast. This podcast is produced by the ever so talented and ever so humble Robin Kepi. For more, <laughs> amen, <laughs> amen. For more information, please check out our website, also made by me. We also have a Facebook page, Instagram, all with the name What's Up Castleberry. You can find us on any place podcasts can be listened to, all with the name What's Up Castleberry. Please like and subscribe to our podcast, and please rate and review us. Until next time, have a great week.